Welcome back to Get Ready to Get, get Shrugged. Oh <laughs> we are so excited to have you back. We are here for our eighth scene. Wow. Uh, here we go. Episode eight. And you know what, mm-hmm. folks? It's a big one. It's it's like, it's one of the ones. It's one of the ones. I mean, yeah. we, we finally get to... We are finally introduced to mm-hmm. the last main character of the entire Shrekiverse. Yeah. Um, one of the most important characters because without her, this movie, this franchise would not even be possible. No, no, absolutely not. And she is none other than Hollywood royalty, truly, mm. at this point. Uh-huh. Cameron Diaz. As Princess fiona mm-hmm. the one the only princess fiona yeah uh it's so nice so after you know last episode we talked about the we talked a lot about the dragon and we kind of left off with the dragon taking donkey uh to kind of have her way with her do whatever she wants uh yeah. this episode will not be as spicy as it was last episode i promise i've i've calmed <laughs> yeah, the, down no more simping <laughs> uh, maybe a little simping just a tad <laughs> but not over not not over simping um yeah. but so th- that's where we left off right and it's so nice the, f- the one of the first things that we see from P- uh, Princess Fiona as Shrek has crashed through the ceiling of her tower is she looks so happy. She looks yeah. so relieved that somebody finally, finally made it to her. Yeah, and- I th- I can only think about how if she's been up in this tower that all of these people that have come to save her mm-hmm. not a single one of them has made it that far yeah so her human interaction is essentially zero it's literally nothing yeah for 20 plus years yeah you know it's not it, i don't think it's ever actually stated how i think they state it in the musical but in the movie mm-hmm. they don't ever actually say like how long she's been there Obviously, we can assume that she's been there since she was a child and she Mm -hmm. looks to be about in her maybe mid-20s, early 30s at the most. Yeah. Um, So over 20 years of no human interaction whatsoever. And finally, somebody's here. Finally, somebody has made it and is going to take her away and... Mm-hmm. be her be her true love because that's what she's that's what she's been waiting for this whole time yeah because much like shrek a lot of her you know ideals of the real world are coming from these fairy tales exactly because shrek also isolated uh, self-isolation for right. 
because of necessity, like yes. out of necessity from his safety there, but both isolated individuals yep. getting their information about the real world and how things work from these fairy tales. Exactly. And so the minute she sees this person fall through, she knows what she needs to do, and that is to lay down. Mm-hmm. And hold a bouquet of flowers. She needs to be presentable. She needs to. She needs to make sure that uh, Shrek, or you know, in her mind, whoever has come to rescue her, is going to be as enamored with her mm-hmm. as she is with them, even though she hasn't met them yet. Exactly. Like and it, very she, much like she an has to be ready. Yeah, very much like an arranged marriage scenario. Oh, oh absolutely, it is. Yeah. You know, you want to. Um, you know, I know that we don't really do arranged marriages in our culture, but um, w- where it is kind of part of the culture, <clears throat> sure, you may not want to, you may, may not be like super impressed with who who your parents have picked out for you to marry, mm-hmm. but you still have to try, right? That's yeah. kind of like the whole thing. It's like you want to arranged marriages are in a sense of they're for the parents, they're not for the children. Yeah, and. That it fairy tales, like, uh, let me, (laughs) I love fairy tales as much as the next girl, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But fairy tales have taught people, young children, especially young girls, that the first person that comes to save you is who you should give your heart to. And we're seeing that right now in evidence with Fiona. She's saying, Oh, this is it for me. My savior is here. This is the rest of my life. Yeah. And she doesn't feel like she has a say in that anymore because she's been so trapped mm-hmm. that she can't. If she, if she, you know, looks this gift horse in the mouth and doesn't accept it, when, who's to say when the next savior is coming through? Exactly. And, you know, because we, be, because we, and I'm assuming the audience has seen this film multiple, multiple times and we know how it mm-hmm. ends, right? So yeah. peeking into the meta, it is so nice to see the, see the evolution of fiona right seeing where she starts where she first meets shrek to when eventually they'll start traveling back to farquaad's castle to the Mm -hmm. end of the movie right seeing that growth and seeing that evolution is it's just it, it it just really hammers home how well the storytelling and how well the character development of these films are and truthfully this was a turning point in the fairy tale structure Mm -hmm. in just in general because we were seeing a lot of disney movies where this was still the trope yep right but then shrek kind of turned it on its head and showed us a powerful female character with her own backbone yep and then we started getting those more in other um films and other um studios as well i'm gonna i'm gonna say it it, nicole i think i don't if shrek didn't happen i don't think frozen would have happened i don't think tangled would have happened like to be to be completely honest with you (laughs) not the way they did no exactly we would have gotten a rapunzel story but it might have been different exactly yeah seeing such a strong female character who is Mm -hmm. also a princess is was it, it was genre defying. Seriously, it was so good. And yeah. So yeah, I'm very. I it's. I mean, 
Princess Fiona is the queen of all princesses. I mean, let's let's be yeah. real here. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm here for that. She's my favorite princess in like pretty much all medium I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, she not only is she gorgeous, mm. I and a redheaded princess. Oh yeah, I love it. I mean, like we we got Ariel, but like, yeah. oh, I I just I love it. And then seeing kind of her spunk. Yeah, her spunk was the part and. That's just a testament back to Cameron Diaz. We're like, you simped over the dragon last episode. (laughs) This is me simping over Cameron Diaz because that woman. (laughs) Listen, it's very easy to simp over Cameron Diaz. I will 100% uh, uh, support you in that. Uh, Yeah. Speaking of Cameron Diaz, let's do, you know, a little bit of background information yes, on her. Please uh, tell so, me all about her. Yeah, absolutely. So Cameron Diaz was born in 1972. She didn't really have any acting experience at all. She had done mm-hmm. a lot of modeling, though, when she uh, turned like 16-ish. Uh, did, a lo- did a lot of modeling across the world and then eventually made her way back to back to the States where she ended up auditioning for the mask starring mm-hmm. jim carrey mm-hmm. uh which was actually my first introduction to cameron diaz as well probably not yeah. the best film for like a like a six-year-old boy to watch but also <laughs> the best film for a six-year-old boy to watch oh <laughs> uh, i that movie like still to this day i can't really watch it so that was not my introduction that's, that's, to cameron diaz that's fair that's very fair but you yeah. know, she she started in the mask. She landed it. She crushed it. Everybody, she kind of became a household name after that. Mm-hmm. She then ended up doing uh, a lot of minor films after that uh, to really work on her acting skills, really hone those acting skills. Yeah. Uh, before she finally got cast in her next major film, which was My Best Friend's Wedding, which uh, filmed uh, came out in 1997 with Julia mm-hmm. Roberts. Um, Again, another powerhouse. She went from yeah. Jim Carrey to Julia Roberts, and then finally she went on to do There's Something About Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of like, honestly, kind of banger after banger of films, especially oh, like yeah. in, in the 90s. Like really, really good cinema that came out in the 90s. All, all three of those films are like quintessential. Like those are on movie lists. Yes. Like, like hey, you want to you wanna watch some good movies? Here's here's a list of 100. Yep. Those are on those. Yes. Like those are good movies. Exactly. So she, you know, obviously she is no uh, – she's no amateur here she's she's been through it and i don't think they could have i don't think they could have cast anyone better for princess fiona unless of course you were born in 1972 (laughs) and then you decided to Princess fiona then there there i would say that may be a little (laughs) bit better than cameron diaz oh my gosh you flatter me Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, I, I love her so much. My, my, like two more things and then we'll move on. Yes, please, please. For the moment. Um, but my two, like the Cameron Diaz movies that mean a lot to me, uh, aside from this one, obviously is, um, the Charlie's angels, Mm, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, as far as reboots go, that was a pretty good reboot. Oh yeah. Excellent. Um, Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, the holiday. Which is a classic, classic winter movie for me. Yeah, classic winter movie for it's, me, and it, it, it 
it has four of the most talented actors in the world as their cast. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It is it is probably one of my I in my personal opinion, it's one of my favorite movies also and it's also one mm-hmm. of the best holiday movies. Yeah. It's so good. Top 10. It's, Top 10 for me truly. It's incredible. Yeah. We're going to yeah, listen. All right, everybody. We're, this holiday season, we will watch the holiday oh, and talk about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. This podcast is just going to turn into uh, a podcast about movies that we enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get through the Shrek universe and be like, what's next? What's all next? of these movies. We're, all of these movies. We'll go We'll go like on a Jack Black tirade as well. We'll just talk about yeah. all the films that Jack Black has been in. Yeah. Uh, Perfect. Incredible. <laughs> Okay, so now that our simping is out of the way, yes, let's get back to what's happening in this tower. Yeah, yeah. So Shrek finally gets there, and and Fiona has laid herself out. Mm-hmm. She is ready for this She's this ready. moment, those, this this, this lips, first kiss. Those lips are puckering. <laughs> she is ready to yes. be kissed, and Shrek. My favorite thing about this is Shrek knows the fairy tales. We've already established that. Mm-hmm. He knows what the, what the norm is to do in this moment. Yep. He also knows that he is hired to be there. Yep. He 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 knows in his head this is not my princess. Mm-hmm. This will never be my princess. Nope. I am just the middleman. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? Shakes her awake. <laughs> Shakes the fuck out just of her. Just grabs her full <laughs> by the shoulders and's like, "Hey, wake up!" <laughs> So she finally jolts awake, and I'm using air quotes because right. we already knew she was awake. But she she's still kind of in this fog of, like, trying to salvage this moment that she's built up in her head for so long. And I yep. think a lot of us can relate to that mm-hmm. of, you know, when we've reached big moments in our life that we've built up mm-hmm. and they don't measure up. That, yeah. that can be that can be hard. Yeah, I to mean, handle. especially for her. She's been thinking about this since she was a little girl. Yeah. She been, yeah. She's been playing this moment over and over and over in her head for 20 plus years. And it yeah. didn't go the way that she wanted it to. Is, not right. That's a huge letdown. That's like yeah. an insanely large letdown for anybody. Yeah. And throughout the rest of this scene, we see her trying so hard to salvage any moment that could be part of this story mm-hmm. that she is writing for herself. You know, later we see the the handkerchief. Like, she, oh, this token. I've seen mm-hmm. that happen in these stories. That can happen. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. How about the steed? Like, she is just desperately clinging to any part of the story and shrek is just barreling through it the absolute shock and terror of her realizing that shrek didn't slay the dragon is (laughs) just it's so real it's so lived in because obviously in her mind the the thing goes the the hero comes in slays Mm -hmm. the dragon rescues her and then they just have an easy time getting out of here as soon as she learns that shrek didn't even slay the dragon it's almost like you start to see like the crack form in her brain because it is just this is just exactly not what she wanted and the pages of her storybook are literally being ripped out in front of her yep they're they're being rewritten and it is she is being taken on a journey that she never in her life thought she would go on exactly uh i also think that as you know as um as shrek is uh, as they're making their way out of the tower uh 
Shrek's uh, Shrek looking at her and being like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta save my ass," you know, such a good <laughs> line. Um, and again, just like uh, which further just distances uh, DreamWorks and this movie from Disney. Uh, yeah, just you know, it's a th- they're ready to make the joke. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, is it is it necessary? Like a super rememberable rememberable line? There we go. There's the word. No, absolutely <laughs> not. But does it like does it make an impact? Absolutely, it does because you're like, oh, yeah. this is yes a kids movie, but it's also for me an adult, and I can appreciate yeah. that. And in that moment, real quick, I just want to point out something before we move on yeah. to when Shrek uh, goes to save Donkey mm-hmm. here. Um, we see a <laughs> dragon-sized cookbook about how to, like, the different cuts yep. of meat in a night. Yep. <laughs> Which, that's just so funny and just a testament to the storyboarders and the, mm-hmm. the people that are creating the world behind us. Because that, it's not mentioned. Nope. It, that was not in the script. Mm-mm. I mean, at least not in the the dialogue of the script. Right, yeah. And so that is something that was created to put in the background to just make the world feel lived in. And we've, we've said it before, so I just wanted to point it out again. That, yeah. that was uh, delicious. Very good. Absolutely. <laughs> Pun intended. Well, and I think another thing, too, is, and, you know, while this probably was in the script, like, this probably was, like, an action of, like, okay, this is what we want Shrek to be doing next. But then yeah. Shrek dons some pieces of armor, right? He dons yes. a couple of pauldrons, a helmet. Um and I love I love this because uh, as I was watching this film, doing my research and looking into fun facts, um, the animators actually brought in some armor experts to mm-hmm. uh, let them like try things on to see like how they were able to move in it, see like how yeah. the, how the weight affected them and everything. Granted, I don't think any of the animators were Shrek sized, right? But. <laughs> It, it, it gave them a sense of, okay, like, how would somebody move while wearing these very yeah. heavy pieces of armor? Which I think, again, uh, going back to one of the very first things that we talked about is uh, the interns taking mud baths <laughs> so that they can see how mud traveled over a body. These What a resume. These, these, these folks were just having, just having a day. Coming yeah. into the office, they come into the office one day like, hey, here's what's going to happen. We got a big thing of mud. We're going to dump it all over you guys. We need to see how it kind of like goes over a body. And then, you know, you go home that day, you shower. You're like, oh, man, do I really want to go back to work? And it's like, yeah, you know, even though I got really dirty from the mud, I am actually having a really good time doing this, doing this film. And then they go back the next day and I'm like, hey, we're sorry about the mud thing. Uh, today we brought in some armor and some uh, swords, and so you guys can fight each other in the parking lot. And they're let's just, just have like, some LARP in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna have a good time. We're gonna LARP, and uh, we're gonna just get some video footage of you guys just to see how you move in armor. And you're like, all right, this this kind of makes up for the mud. I at least yeah. in my mind, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'd I'm be back like, on yeah. bo- I'm back on board. I I'd take the mud bath for that. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we 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 definitely like he he's helmeted, and I think that's an important thing to know. Is so Fiona has not seen his face yet because mm-hmm. he has this helmet on. Yeah, and um, you know she's she's still seeing this like definitely not full knight material mm-hmm. person. Like it, even even with some of these sparse pieces that he's putting on, he is still very subverting the expectations of what a knight is yes. and what she thought was coming. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, and then he runs off, leaving her. <laughs> like, <laughs> saves her, he's, says, stay here. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, you'll be fine. He's like, you've been here for how long? You know your way around this place. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, truly. And then runs off to go save Donkey, which, ugh. Mm. Like, I, I seen one Shrek might not have done that. No, but he he can't leave him behind he he yeah. brought he brought him here and he, he pushed him he pushed into him this into this and yeah. he knows that he will he needs to go back for him and he does and just oh man oh man the dragon Oof. okay sorry i can't get i can't get caught i can't get caught up with the dragon again we that happened last episode i can't do it again um a dragon is just, you know, she's doing her thing. She's doing mm-hmm. her thing. She's putting the moves on Donkey. She's trying to, you know, you know, she's lighting some candles. She's got yeah. him all wrapped up in her tail. She's she is it's, ready. It's, it's a sensual experience going on oh, here, little bit. Absolutely, it is absolutely. <laughs> and I just love that. At right when she's going in for that kiss, obviously Shrek is making his making his grand entrance to save Donkey. He yep. gets up on the chandelier, and as that chandelier comes crashing down, Donkey is able to weasel his way out of the dragon's tail, and the dragon just plants a big big one right on Shrek's booty. Right there, just another just another great little gag for the kids. <laughs> just ugh. Yeah, that that was one of those moments where, you know, we always knew what this movie was. We knew it from the very beginning when we heard the the bathroom noises happening <laughs> from the outhouse. We we knew what this movie was. Yeah. But that was just another one of those moments that really drove it home. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. Then from that moment, one of the coolest chase scenes mm. I have ever seen. It's so happens. Good. Yeah. It's so good. It gives me um it gives me like old school Scooby Doo vibes, you know how they're like yeah. running through the house and running through the doors, but it on like a, such a much more massive scale. Yeah, like the the stakes are still so high. Like we we cannot forget, even though the dragon has shown interest in Donkey, the dragon still wants to kill Shrek. Yep. Like they're they're. And and she will not hesitate. We've noticed that. And so yeah, we're we're seeing this kind of um, that beautiful shot when we're looking down this this long area, this open area with pillars yeah. of the castle where they're running through, and that chain is being just wrapped around. Yeah. Do you think Shrek did started that on purpose or do you think he saw what was happening and then played with it i'm glad you asked i think i think it's a mixture of both i think that um i think that shrek came in with a plan right Mm -hmm. well i i think shrek does a lot of his best thinking on the fly right Mm -hmm. so we talked about last episode shrek came in with a plan of trying to avoid the dragon as much as possible trying to be quiet trying to get in get out right Mm -hmm. but then once Donkey gets captured, once the dragon comes after, uh, once the dragon is coming after Shrek, he kind of goes into this high alert mode, right? Yeah. Where everything that is happening around him, I think he is very keen on. And I think that has to do with his upbringing of being kind of always chased and always hunted. So 
I think that while the chain may have not been the first initial plan, I think as soon as Shrek saw it happening, he knew what he was going to do. Yeah. Right. I think so too. I, I agree with you. He he is very resourceful. We've noticed that he's mm-hmm. built an entire life in a swamp where there was nothing for him yep. before. So he is a resourceful person. And so seeing that he leaned into it immediately. And, yep. and yeah, I, I, I agree with you where the plan was made kind of as it was unfolding mm-hmm. in the same moment. Exactly. And it's so smart too, the, the way he does it. You know, yeah. they and as they are making their escape, you see that that plan is finally starting to come to fruition. Uh, as they're crossing that bridge, the dragon just breathes this nice big breath of fire, which looks mm-hmm. beautiful, by the way. I think the fire, you know, we talked about the lava last episode, but I think the fire also just looks so, so good. Yeah. In this. And as the as the fire starts to burn the bridge away, Shrek being being the ogre that he is is able to not only hang on to the bridge but hang on to donkey as well making sure fiona is safe um also the climbs one handed -handed back up what it's crazy uh loving loving how the animators kind of get are referencing uh indiana and the temple of doom here because that they they do do that uh they do do (laughs) uh they do also uh do that in the temple of doom again just another little pop culture reference that uh, that this movie's littered with for the adults for sure um but they make it out they make it out they make it across the bridge they make it across the lava they're safe the dragon has been trapped and is now hovering and flying over the pit of lava and as a kid i was so so excited so happy that they finally made it out Mm -hmm. as an adult i feel so bad for the dragon oh oh me too she is heartbroken yeah she's so she's so sad the the one time anybody ever showed any interest in her and she thought she had found somebody, and now they are gone. Mm-hmm. And you hear it in her roar. You see it in her eyes. It, she, it is it, heart-wrenching. Oh, my God. It's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, literal justice for the dragon, guys. Um, mm-hmm, exactly. Immediate. But, yeah, no. It, it, and I think, again, we're just pointing. We keep saying the same things over and over again, guys, because there's so many examples of them. But in this moment, we're realizing that this movie was not just made for kids. Because no. that is a moment that truly is so deep and, and, and you know, soul-bearing mm-hmm. that you, you've got to have lived a little bit of life to kind of pick up on that. Exactly. And, and so it's for the adults just as much as for the kids. Yeah. And it can be enjoyable at both levels. And I think that's just what is so beautiful about this movie. Yeah. I Speaking about jokes for adults only, we skipped one of the uh, hilarious moments where Shrek, Donkey, and Fiona are sliding oh, down yeah. a banister type thing yep. or like a, a pillar that had fallen. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, Shrek just boom. Jews right. Yep. Right in the. Right. Right in the. Right in the family the, jewels. Right in the family jewels. Right. 100%. G- Jim and the twins. Jim and the twins just got <laughs> just got real rammed. 
Yeah, uh, and again, one of those jokes that, like, oh, no, he got hurt as kids. And you're like, ooh. You're like, as an adult. As adults. As adults, <laughs> you're like, oh. You feel it. Yep. You feel it in your soul. Yep. You know that. You know so that. So true, truly, when they say Shrek is a family film, like, people say that for a lot of films. Mm-hmm. For this one, I believe it. It is. It is for yeah. anybody of all ages in any mm-hmm. in any moment of history in the next in the next 150 years people will still be watching this film and yeah thoroughly enjoying it i guarantee that yeah absolutely so as per usual brayden i like to ask a question of you (laughs) i love your questions nicole this is this is one of my favorite moments of the podcast i love it when you're just like i got this let me let me take it from here brayden i'm gonna I'm gonna, i'm gonna end this let me ask you a stupid question to finish the episode here. <laughs> okay, let's hear okay. it. Okay, okay. So you're Princess Fiona, right? Oh, amazing. So you're Princess Fiona, and you're up in this tower. Okay. And we kind of we 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 talked about Tangled earlier, but uh, okay. put that out of your head because okay. I want to know what are you doing in this tower for 23 years? Like, what hobbies do you pick up? Ooh, <laughs> you know what? I think. Okay, I'm Princess Fiona. I'm trapped in a tower for 20 plus years. There's not a whole lot. I I don't think there's a whole lot to do up there. So, right? So, you got to find, you got to do something. Got to be creative. I think as Princess Fiona, which I'm pretty sure she also did this too. So, I think this just like solidifies my answer. I'd get fucking jacked. I would just get, I'd get so fucking ripped. (laughs) I would do, I'd be do, I, I don't know if you've seen, I, I think you've seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? Mm-hmm, okay, yeah. I would go. I would go full Uncle Iroh while he's sitting <laughs> in prison. I just fucking push ups and sit ups and yeah. pull ups. I would. I would just get so fucking ripped, so swole. I would get so ripped <laughs> that eventually, when my prince came, it, it you know, if my prince ever came and he was like, mm-hmm. "I need to get you out of here," I would just like fucking rip off the sleeves of my dress and be like no i'm gonna get us out of here <laughs> oh well you heard it here first folks brayden is the powerful female who don't need no man <laughs> but i choose one because that because that's my choice you can still have love but not need it exactly <laughs> we're just dropping we're just dropping all sorts of truth bombs here on get ready to get shrek <laughs> Uh, oh wow well i think uh i think oh well hold on what are you what are you doing nicole what what, oh, what, what am i doing picking up okay this i listen this this is a bit of me seeping in here but i'm writing books oh, i'm writing yeah. novels yeah. right i'm gonna leave that tower with like six different series You're ready. ready for tv You're like they're they're ready to be produced oh, like my gosh. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Speaking of which, y'all, if you haven't already, please, please, please go to Amazon. Look up, look up Nicole. Uh, Nikki Rob is the is yeah. your is your author name. My little pen so, name. So yes, so please look up Nikki Rob. Please buy her books. Um, Nicole is such a fantastic writer. Uh, she really she really puts her heart and and soul into everything she does. Um, I know you have, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna have to correct me here, Nicole. So I apologize. Mm-hmm. You have two vampire novels out right now. Okay, yep. so you have two vampire novels out right now, and then you have another uh, you have another series that you're writing that the only the first book is out. Is that correct? Yep. 
Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Why don't, give us, why don't you give everybody just like a quick little rundown of that, uh, of your first novel that you published. Just give us a nice yeah, yeah, quick yeah. little synopsis. Absolutely. So it is basically, uh, well, it's smut. So if you don't like smut, stay away. But um... <laughs> Are you kidding, Nicole? They just listened to me last episode talk about how horny I was over a dragon. I think, if I think these people, if you're still here, I you, think they're you're... okay with the smut. <laughs> so uh, it's basically like fantasy divergent for adults. That's kind of how I've been describing it. Hell yeah, lovely. And then obviously yeah. we have you have your vampire. Uh, your you have your vampire. Why choose? Why choose? You have your vampire. Why why choose novels? For those of you that wanted Bella with all of the Cullens, Excellent. you're welcome. Excellent. But yeah, please everybody go check out uh, Nicole. Uh, pen name is Nikki Rob. Uh, support her, buy her books. Uh, you will not, you will not be disappointed. They are, they are very, Thanks, very friend. good reads. But I think with that being said, I think that's I the think end of episode have... eight. Yeah, it's done. We're we done. did it. We did it. They're, they're out of the castle, and we are going to start our long journey back to Farquaad's castle. Who knows what yeah. will happen? I mean, we know what will happen. And we you know exactly you what's going to happen. probably know what's going to happen because you've probably seen this film, which is why you're listening to this podcast because you just want our take on things. Yeah. Oh, but man. we will be back shortly with that, the beginning of this journey, which I think all of us, I speak for all of us when I say this is a really cool part of this, the movie. So I'm really yes. excited to uh, get a chance to delve deeper into this with you, Braden. Same here, Nicole. Thank you, everybody, so very much. Have a great weekend. And... Make sure you get Shreked up this weekend. Get Shreked, baby. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye. I'm, 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 I'm walking the boat. Go, boat, go. go.